in session 12 on Ephesians 1, 11 to 14, I want to go back to try to answer a question that I said I wasn't answering two sessions ago about the relationship between believing or faith and the sealing by God with the Holy Spirit of promise. In him, in Christ, you also, having heard the word of truth, hearing, namely the gospel of your salvation, and having believed, so hearing and believing, in hearing and believing, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the down payment of our inheritance unto the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. And I said, there isn't anything in the aorist participle here in Greek that makes clear the logical or the cause-effect relationship between faith and sealing. You can't argue just from this text successfully to say the sealing brings about the believing or the believing brings about the sealing. It's not clear from these tenses. So what I want to do is try to argue that God's initiative in sealing through faith puts him as the decisive cause of the sealing and the believing. I'm arguing that the sealing is in and through believing, and the believing is in and through the sealing, and that the work of God, as we pass from unbelief to belief, is decisive, not our self-determining will. So, see if you follow me in the argument. Let's go to Galatians 3.5. Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so? so? How do we get the Spirit? Does he do so by works of the law? And the answer is no. No. Or by hearing with faith? And the answer is yes. It's a rhetorical question. He expects us to know the answer. And the answer is yes. When we hear the word, and believe, which is what was happening here, they heard and they believed. When we hear the word and believe, the Spirit is being supplied to us in and through this. This happens. The supply of the Spirit happens by this. Now, consider then some thoughts about faith. Here's Acts 16. When the jailer brought Paul and Silas out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So believing on the Lord Jesus from the heart, authentic believing, not make-believe believing, saves you. Now, stir into that this amazing passage. 1 Corinthians 12.3. This is all from Paul. I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God, speaking in or by the Spirit of God, ever says Jesus is accursed. No, no, no. Doesn't happen. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You can't. It can't be done because the human heart is dead to spiritual things, blind to spiritual 
things, hard to spiritual things. That's what Paul teaches in Ephesians 2 and Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 1. Jesus is Lord can only be said authentically. Of course, a computer can be programmed to say Jesus is Lord. And, and in Matthew 7, Jesus says, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do many, mighty works in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. This is, this is a declaration of the Lordship that comes from the heart authentically. That cannot be done except by the Holy Spirit. Because faith is a gift. Ephesians 2, 8, by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So this grace through faith, all of that is a gift of God. The dead human heart, as 2.1 says, cannot produce such a beautiful living response to the Word of God. It must be a gift of God. Here's the way Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 1. Jews demand signs, Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. And as we preach Christ crucified, some Jews regard it as a stumbling block. They just can't get over it and they don't believe. And some Gentiles regard it as folly and they can't get over it and they don't believe. But something else happens as he is preaching Christ crucified. A call happens in and through the word to some. But to those who are called, now this those here is not everybody. It's not those who are stumbling over the cross. It's not those who are regarding the cross as folly. Those who are called both from the Jews and from the Greeks experience this preaching as Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. In other words, something has happened by this call. It happened to every one of you who's a Christian. You may have, you may have never learned that you were saved by this call. And you don't have to know that in order to be saved. Now, now you should know it. You were called, meaning the deadness was removed. It was like when Jesus called Lazarus, who was dead for four days in the tomb, and he said, Lazarus, come out. The call created the obedience, created the response. And so it does. The call creates. He's the power of God. The call creates. He's the wisdom of God. That's faith. The call creates Faith, that's what Paul means when he says, faith is a gift of God. So here's my picture. Here's the human heart, and it's, it's dead, according to uh, Ephesians 2.1. It's uh, fleshly, instead of spiritual, according to Romans 8.7. It's blind, according to 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Um, it's unable, it's, it's, it's natural, which means it's unable, according to 1 Corinthians 2, 14. Unable to come. You know, it's dead, it's fleshly, it's blind, it's natural. It cannot believe because it is dead. 
Then comes the preaching of the Word of God, and it is heard. The Word comes from some Spirit-anointed preacher who is praying, and here's the Holy Spirit, God, and the Holy Spirit is sent, and when he comes, he grants life. He grants spirituality. He grants sight. He opens to the Word of God. And when that happens, that experience is experienced by us as faith. You remember I defined faith a couple sessions ago as faith is a welcoming of Christ for all that he is and does and promises as our trust and our treasure. That experience is only possible because of the Holy Spirit. No one can say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my trust. Jesus is my treasure. God is my Father. No one can say that authentically apart from the Holy Spirit. So my answer to the question, how do sealing and believing relate? Sealing is the coming of the Holy Spirit of promise as a down payment into our lives. And we experience him, I'm arguing, we experience that sealing as faith. And that faith is an amazing welcoming, as beautiful and glorious and true and satisfying Jesus Christ and all that he is. To be sealed with the Holy Spirit is to be granted the miracle of new life, new birth, experienced as hearing with faith. Now, there's one more thing we need to do, and that is to honor the climactic phrase, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. Chapter 1, verse 6 to the praise of the glory of his grace. These three statements are the climax and apex of the goal of all things in these verses 3 through 14, and we need to honor them as the climactic point that we make next time.